Hello, and welcome to Live or Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Keith McLeod, and with me is my fellow host, Chris Lavender. Today on our Live or Just Blethering, I'll be taking us through Obsession by 18 Visions. Hi Keith. Hey Lav, how are we doing? Oh good, how are you? As long as I never hear that song again, I'll be great. Yeah, good. Oh well, no, this was your choice, so uh, we're going to be talking about it today. Hello and welcome to our listeners. Thank you very much for coming back. Welcome back to Alive or Just Blethering, the podcast where 230-somethings have a good old rummage through the old nostalgia of what we were listening to when we were younger and uh, stumbling across some... um, some choices that were made. Some some good choices have been made. Maybe some not good choices have been made. I actually stand by this album a little bit. In the episode that people didn't hear, I was maybe a little bit unkind to this album. But in listening to it again, I'm okay with it. But let's talk about the episode that people didn't hear. Yes. Very sorry to all of our listeners who, who may have missed an episode, uh, sadly, due to some unforeseen technical difficulties the audio that was captured was not uh, usable we do plan on releasing said episode again we'll we'll re-record it and have that conversation yeah. once more big thanks to to our guest who who turned turned up and gave us some fantastic chat really sad we couldn't use that but here we are we're going to talk about 18 visions obsession keith's brought this one to the table and yeah this was a throwback. This was a throwback and a half. Let's let's not let's not dodge that one. No, it is, and it's it, it almost epitomizes where I was in sort of two thousand and four. I had I'd never heard of eighteen visions before two thousand four. We've spoken about them before in the pod. We, we there's there's one gig where you and I crossed our, our streams crossed. I mean that sounded weird. We were at the same. <laughs> our paths crossed, oh. and. We, uh, you know, we saw 18 Visions, Bullet for My Valentine, and 36 Crazy Fists. We've, yeah. we've, talking, we've talked about 36 Crazy Fists before. Episode 20, if anyone wants to catch up on that one. Oh, thank you. Thank you for being on top of that. And uh, I, I think I saw them because uh, that was, as we, I can't remember the, the date that we thought that gig was, but that was much later in the year. This album came out in June, was it? It came out just before. So I think the 36 Crazy Fists and 18 Visions and Bullet for My Valentine gig was... October 2004. It was a bit later, yeah. And this album came out in June. June 15th, 2004. So by this point, I have sort of met my first bandmates. Things were changing. I was meeting a lot of new people. I was, you know, we were playing gigs. There was, you know, for the first time in my life, I'm I'm turning up doing shows and stuff like that and, and, and stuff. And this band very much represent the sort of dare I say it style I kind of went for at that time or I sort of embraced Bold. at that time Bold. I didn't go f- yeah I didn't go full fringe I didn't go full sleeveless vest I didn't go I didn't get tattooed up to my shoulders straight away in fact I say this is the 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 style I sort of went for I missed it completely and looked nothing like these guys <laughs> but do you know what I mean like it was very much 
I was like, oh, that's that, that that's kind of cool, and I could kind of sort of maybe do that emo boy fringe thing for for a short period, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I, th- I think this this album has some jams on it, right? It no, has, has no, some... den- no denying that at all. This this album has more on it than I remember, actually. Um, so it has been, a, a, I'll I'll say a pleasant revisit. That's um, good. Some songs on it that I were like, oh, forgot that song existed and really enjoying it. And some songs on it that just, just yeah, they they, they, they exist. And I can't. They exist. And I won't be listening to them again. Um, I think this band, I, I, I think I've met, I can't remember, was it, it may have been on the, the Crazy Fist pod, but the, the, the this time that I discovered this band, I had gone through the biggest change in my life to the, to date only if only a few weeks earlier i'd moved from my humble village life into the big city and you know my, not even that big a city it was f- fucking bigger than where i'd come from put it that way um sure. so this was you know a big big change with that and sudden just i don't know how to what to call it just this avalanche of new music that just got dumped on me New music, new things, you know, new people, and like here's this thing that that sort of doesn't encompass it. Like it's, it's it's not as if this album embodied what I was going through at the time, but you know, was I think that the album's kind of sort of described as metalcore as well. Like we've talked about Killswitch Engage and stuff. These guys are nothing like Killswitch Engage, but it just very much appealed to me at the time. Yeah, and I think I'd been my sort of my earliest thing that i remember being introduced to when coming up was was avenge sevenfold so i was like really into them that they, they'd released waken the fallen i think a year earlier and the sound that that had this you know a lot of the the sort of the at the gate style riffs you know coming from like listening to lots of metallica which was the stuff that i was enjoying was by that point almost 20 years old and now listening to something that was released last year and it was you know this this is this is my metal this is metal that was made when i was when i was my age you know it was yeah a bit strange with that so having having that and then seeing 36 crazy fist and and discovering 18 visions on that that show was like wow this this has got some meat on it here and I'm pretty sure it was at the same time I realised, oh, 18 Visions are a song on, I think I've mentioned this in three episodes in a row now, on Burnout 3. So I was like, here we go. Uh, fucking, if it, if it was not apparent to our listeners, I really enjoy the Burnout series. I think we might need to twitch this. I've never twitched anything in my life, but we could potentially twitch Burnout 3 for AMG. I can do Paradise. I've got Paradise. I've bought Paradise twice because I bought it originally on my PlayStation 3 and then I bought Paradise Remastered on my PS5. I think I've only done that with Skyrim. I've bought Skyrim three times. I've bought Final Fantasy 7 three times. Four so times. Three times. Actually, technically four, four times because if you count the remake. So I we'll bought... We'll count it. We'll count it. I bought Final Fantasy 7 in 1998 from a shop and played it and finished it and then my friend said I want it I don't have it so I was like fine so I sold it to a friend and then about maybe 10 years down the line I wanted it so I bought it again on disc 
And the next time I bought it was it they released it on the PlayStation Three as like a digital download, and it was only like seven pounds or something. So I was like, fucking in there like swimwear. So there's the third time, and then they've made the remake. So I bought it again. Great, I'm happy for you. <laughs> fucking love that game, and I bought the Blu-ray I- and the, and the movie and the Blu-ray. I bought twice as well. I've never never played it, and I have watched. Advent Children, because the soundtrack for Advent Children is amazing. Just play the remake. The remakes, especially if you're coming from Advent Children, I would highly recommend the remake. So I, uh, I bought Advent Children twice as well. PlayStation can go fuck itself. I'm all about Xbox. Master Chief for life. Don't need to say anything. Wow, the disdain. The disdain on your face. No, so I would go as far as to say as... I knew 18 Visions before I knew Avenged Sevenfold. Wow. Okay. It was, yeah, it was a video for Waiting for the Heavens. I just sort of caught that on Kerrang! or whatever it was, and I was like, holy moly, like, this is this has got something here, this has got teeth. And I, I just went from there. I think the drummer, the drummer of my band at the time, Reamer, he knew 18 Visions earlier stuff. So he was like, oh yeah, fuck man, they're amazing. Like, totally check them out. So I did. I bought Obsession. And I just I just fell in love with it at the time. Like, it was just amazing. I was playing in a sort of emo screamo band at the time anyway. So, like, these guys were just... I just sort of felt akin to them. And, yeah, Waiting for the Heavens was, was, was definitely the song that got me into them. I didn't really know Avenged Sevenfold until... I was introduced to them at a similar time, Unholy Confessions. Like, I think a friend of mine made a mixtape, and she was like, here's a fucking... Here's this, check this out. And it had, like, Thursday and Thrice and Unholy Confessions on it. That's as far as I went with Avenged Sevenfold. I never actually got into them. Ever, really. Never really been an Avenged Sevenfold fan. But, obviously, picked up more of their stuff in, in later years. Something... So, the previous album, Vanity, features Howard Jones. Did you know? I don't even know who we're talking about. Is that 18 Visions or is that... 18 Visions album Vanity, the one that was before Obsession, featured Howard Jones. He's on the track. Nice. One hell of a prize fighter. Yeah, I first heard of Avenged Sevenfold in February of 2004. They were the support act for... A band that might come up again. We're going to just have to rip the band-aid off. Lost Profits. Oh. So, yeah. I don't know if I can do... I can't can't do... We can't do a Lost Profits episode. Because I can't listen to them. We're not. No, we're not going to, unfortunately. All right, okay. Sorry, I thought that's what you meant. No, no, no. But the ultimately, that was when I first heard of them. I never really gave them much more time until uh, a few months down the line when I heard Unholy Confessions recorded and I was like, fuck, this is a cracker. It's a gem. And totally and inhaled that album, Waking the Fallen. Uh, eventually, I think I saw Avenged Sevenfold one again live in 2005 when they came back around for City of Evil and they played um, what's it called? In Glasgow. I've only been to two gigs there in my life. It's underground. It's underneath the train station. It's in the... Arches. Arches, thank you. I knew it was under... Arches. Under, like vaults. Arches. So yeah, it was at the Arches and 
yeah, that, 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 I think City of Evil was a bit of a, such a big departure from the previous album that I was like, nah, I'm not into this anymore. I know, I know we're here to talk about 18 Visions, but you almost kind of can't talk about 18 Visions and not at least mention Avenged Sevenfold. So I understand there was some issues with M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> vocals. <laughs> I can't remember the guy's name. What's his name? Oh, now you've said M. that. M. Shadows. M. Shadows. M. Shadows. <laughs> M. Night Shyamalan's vocals. Uh, I understand that he sort of had to change his style drastically from the sort of screamy one that he had in the previous album and and that's how they went a bit more singy, shall we say? Okay, yeah, yeah. I heard that. I heard that rumor too that it was one that was to do with his his vocals being being a bit torn. Uh, but yeah, after um, after moving up to to Edinburgh, discover uh, going to see Crazy Fists and seeing uh, Eighteen Visions second support to to Crazy Fists, I was like, this is you know, this is a band that I can totally get into and. Uh, Obsession was the album of the time. I think it was. I, I think listening to Obsession from Vanities, it's a leap. Well, this is what I understood at the time as well. You you even mentioned Vanity, and I didn't know that was that was them. I'm not really familiar or an expert in any way on the band or any band for that matter. I this is very much a flash in the pan where Obsession just worked at the time I heard it. I didn't really go on to enjoy their later album, self-titled 18 Visions, their sort of first major release. And that was it. They broke up after that. They came back a couple of years ago in, in 2017 with uh, 17, 18, 18. They came back in 2017 with the album 18. And... Why, like, why would they call it 17? Like, genuinely. Well, just... well, they came back in 2017. I don't know. I just missed an I. Give me a break. It's in Roman numerals. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they just wanted to be like 17 visions for once because they were a band member short. I don't know. I did read where the word 18 visions came from. I did read up on that. One of their own lyrics? It was. And it was they were trying to be like super goth. Um, so 18 is 6 plus 6 plus 6. Number of the beast. Yeah. So that was that was where they were going. They were, they were just trying to be edgy, anti-religion types when they wrote the lyric and that's where they got the band name from yeah so they i mean we 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 touched on this just when just before we started recording basically that this all these bands okay maybe not avenge sevenfold revenge sevenfold on them no avenge sevenfold weren't but uh 18 visions were signed to trust kill records yeah obsession was their last album on trust kill yeah so from what I understand, Trust Kill, they were they were a staple name in 2004, 2005. I used to just go to Trust Kill's website, just find an artist, either buy a CD without even hearing the artist, or, or download what I could, just find what I could to listen to these artists. Because I knew that if these are signed to Trust Kill, it's what I want to hear. Okay. It was just such a good. They had just such a strong roster, and you look through the names that are there today. You've got. I mean, okay. So we've got eighteen visions on there already. Fight Star was signed to Trust Kill. It dies today. Hopes fall. Walls of Jericho. Terror. This is hell. Throwdown. Poison the well. Nora. Memphis may fire. Most precious blood. Bullet from a Valentine. Bleeding through. 
honestly just the most well-placed roster in 2005. Yeah, that that, that these guys and there's just a, when you were talking about sort of it's a label of bands I wanted to listen to just to, obviously the first name that comes to mind is, is Roadrunner as well. So these guys were were very much up there with 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 um with Roadrunner at the time as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was a bit I'm a bit sad to see the Wikipedia page talks a lot about the demise of Trustkill Records. Um, I have to say we've spoken about Trustkill because we've we've covered a few bands before, Muse, Deftones, where they were sort of screwed over by their label. I'm sure you've mentioned Trustkill before. I think yeah, so Trustkill they 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 imploded to be to be honest. And as far as I can tell, it was it was one guy, Josh Grabell. He he was running the show, and from what I understand, uh, there's there's a, a a very short paragraph on the Wikipedia page which is quoting an an interview with Josh, where basically it was a, a distribution company that he got signed to in two thousand seven. It was a brilliant deal. It was going to be the way forward, but the distribution company didn't particularly. They they saw that they were getting maybe screwed over a little bit they'd screwed themselves so they ended up fucking over the other the trust kill in the process and it left and it just and 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 then josh's words the business was in a downward spiral got hit by a pretty bad recession all at once 2008 you know people weren't spending as much money as much as they were things were costing more money to do things um so yeah it was just a a spiral and if you read that i would if if anyone does visit the the trust kill records wikipedia page i really want you to read that quote first before reading the controversies because the controversies make it sound malicious in some way sure that that yes trust kill owed money to a lot of bands and a lot of bands got left high and dry i, I genuinely think josh had tried but i it was maybe in too deep and it wasn't like a malicious taking money stealing money or, or anything like that he was just out of out of luck with with the way things went but interestingly it does state that he is still on good terms with with james of 18 visions um and and travis of this is hell a band that i do enjoy listening to uh to this day but other bands one I'm probably going to talk about later on, It Dies Today, they, when trust killed you, only have yourself to blame, put in one of their MySpace posts. Todd Jones of Nails. Oh, God. So Todd Jones used to be in Terror, and now he's in Nails. Uh, he he is not, he does not have a filter anyway. So he, he blasted Josh. I also regret ever having anything to do with Josh but I know karma is very real and will catch up with him if it hasn't already. Well, I mean, if you're... I understand from what you're saying, you you don't think it was malicious or intentional. The guy didn't didn't go out of his way to screw these bands over. Still doesn't excuse that the bands were screwed over in some way. So there's going to be... Not everyone's as forgiving as, as perhaps you are, love. Perhaps. I wasn't screwed over by him. I just... all The only way that I saw it was that the bands that I listened to no longer had a label which was disappointing and annoying, but I'm sure for these bands, many of them would have been right on the cusp of their careers as well. They could have really, it may well have fucking ruined them, which you would, so you would harbour 
having much more negative uh, connotations of of trust kill and josh in that circumstance well they came back like i said in 2017 with the album 18 you know not not to fuck with me there uh and that album was released on rise records so i've seen on rise i'm seeing afi angels and airwaves jesus at the drive-in bless the fall dance given dance my boys uh, and more recently for me, I'm aware Spirit Box were signed to Rise Records. Rise, in my estimation, probably filled the gap that was left. Yeah, the Memphis May Fires on the, the label as well. Rise Records, they became, if Trust Kill were the sound of the, the mid 2000s, Rise were the sound of the mid 2010s. Sure. Leading um, through. Yeah, bleeding. Um, bleeding through were were an interesting band. They, I've seen bleeding through live once, and everyone just wanted that one song, "Love Lost in a Hill of Gunfire," because it's a fucking banger. Like, <laughs> well, and that relates back to eighteen visions. So, bleeding through vocalist uh, Brandon, Sh- I'm gonna butcher this. Shipati, take your Shipati. word for it. <laughs> sure, Brandon Shipati was guitarist for 18 visions i think between 97 and 2000 right okay they, they are is they've they, this is something they totally nailed is that orange county look of metal core bands did they well hang on did they nail it or did they just did they perpetuate the look yeah because okay, other I, bands I were also looking like this and these guys i don't think these guys had the fringes, the makeup, you know, the, the, the studded belts and stuff like that, specifically before this album. Mm-hmm. I, I think they, they definitely had a um, momentum of, of, of a look. You look at any of, of these Orange County bands, even Avenged Sevenfold prior to uh, City of Evil, they had this guy liner... Um, shadowed eyes, red, lots of red, lots of red and black, sure. uh, studded belt, the 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 cut off t shirts and all that. That was very much a look of of the mid two thousands. Uh, I think we we were sharing some uh, some pictures there earlier, and I spotted uh, one of the guys in uh, Avenged Sevenfold with it with a Jack Daniels t-shirt with the with the, sl- the sleeveless Jack Daniels yeah, t-shirt like, the cut offs and that sure there's a there, there's a fucking strong look for you for the mid 2000s so they had that and and again if you if you could take a picture of all these Orange County bands and put them in a row and start trying to name which one's which you might struggle and I even <laughs> even to the point of like Papa Roach. They. I don't know. I want to know who did it first. Was it Papa Roach or was it the Orange County bands? Because Papa Roach. Oh, Papa Roach fought like Papa Roach. I. I will say, in my opinion, Papa Roach followed because through Infest, which we've covered, episode two, and Love Hate Tragedy, they still just kind of looked like sort of metal scare kids, but by two thousand four, two thousand five. Or 2006 is whatever album came out then. You know, Jacoby had the guy liner. Like you're saying, they all had the guy liner. You know, they all embraced the sort of the haircuts and the styles and stuff like that. So, yeah, it's funny. But like there is there is a startling resemblance between 
the front man of 18 Visions. Of There is a startling resemblance between James Hart and Jacoby Shaddix. Yeah. Like it's, it's intense how similar these guys look. Totally one of those separated at birth moments. Um, separated at birth. That's for um, anyone who likes DJ Format. <laughs> yeah, they've, they've definitely got a uh, some similarity in their in their faces, and then when they put all the makeup on and the spiky hair, and it's all swished over with oh man, they just they just look brothers in arms. I tell you what, James Hart is aged well, aged very well. Handsome chap there, you know. When you see the promo stuff for the latest album, handsome guy. Yeah, I've, I've not I've I'm not not really followed. I'd, I'd have to I'd have to do a search. Um, <laughs> Sorry, I was just outed myself there as a James Hart fanboy. <laughs> Completely. I hadn't realised he was straight edge. Well, there's a really terrible tattoo. Or there's a, sorry, there's a really terrible picture, and it's three of the band members. I'm not entirely sure who. Um, Keith's definitely there. It's kind of the middle guy. Oh, I'm not sure if he's a member of 18 Visions or if he's the guitarist from uh, Good Charlotte. But you know, that's where we're at, and they're all straight edge tattoos. Like, one guy's got a chest piece, not even a chest piece, it's just like, I've got the straight edge, and another one's just got like a, a collar of straight edge and stuff like that. Do you and know it's... where James met bass player Javier Van Hoss from 18 Visions? At beauty school. In, oh, ni- okay. in, in 1999, apparently they met at a, a beauty school. Uh, apart from his music career, he's a certified hairstylist. Nice. We all need a haircut. We all need a fucking haircut. We all need a haircut. Except for me, I'm running out of fucking hair. No, yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. And I know. Did you did you do the straight edge thing? I never gave a fuck about the straight edge thing. I think I did for like a few months. Um, I didn't. I didn't do enough drugs to do the straight edge thing. Yeah, this is it. I was never. It was. It was like I had. I was. I was. I was always into drinking. Really, at the time, and so I, I stopped drinking for like two months or so. Who the fuck goes straight edge from smoking a doobie? Do you know what I mean? Like, oh my god, I was too baked last night. I had three bags of wine gums. I've got to go straight edge. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it just didn't really fuck with me, so I didn't care. <laughs> all, the, all those fucking gummy bears give me a sore tummy. So. Totally. Oh my god, the the, the, the gelatin, the, the the gelatin and the gummy. It's made bears. from cows' hooves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're not um, we're not laughing at that. If you're straight edge, that's great. But yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, it was, I just I just I didn't party hard enough to justify going straight edge. If I went straight edge, no one would fucking notice. So what was the point? <laughs> yeah, I was I was too sensible for that. Um, we got on. Oh, where are we at? So after after eighteen visions, oh, I yeah. did get into a lot of trust kill bands. I think the one that stood out for me most was. Uh, it dies today. Um, sure. Still to this day, uh, Thorodony th- for a modern romance. I'm, I butchered that. Uh, that was my. That was one of those songs that is just fucking spot on. If you've, if anyone ever wants to hear it dies today at their best, it's that track off the album The Cative Choir. And it dies today are good I assume friends or associated with Still Remains my boys I cannot wait for Still Remains Still Remains and 18 Visions 
are very similar bands, but maybe three years apart. Yeah, the, the I mean, so the the album I'm talking about here with with it dies today was 2004. Still remains was what 2005. Yeah, 2000. I think of love and lunacy was 2006. If you say so, I'll just take your word for it. It's not as early as you think. It's 2005, surely. It was 2005. I was about to say, because that's where I saw them. Um, yeah, so... I th- oh. <laughs> I didn't... I'm testing you. Uh, a Thorodney for Modern Romance. Get that on. That that song just... Is a, is a, is a lovely little gift for 2004 of, of just metalcore. So when someone asks me, what does metalcore sound like? I'll give them that. I know I'm... I know it probably doesn't have that same connotation and we've we've talked about this on previous episodes how there are different types of metalcore within metalcore just to be awkward absolutely um genres for genres yeah and, and you know like you say kill switch does it sound anything eh, it sounds a little bit like kill switch engage but they're another type of metalcore so yeah absolutely the um bring them back to eating visions where uh, we'll talk about still remains one day but it 18 Visions, so we said at the top of the episode, there's some bangers on this album. Yeah, It's actually, if I dare say, mostly bangers. Oh, you've the, stretch. There's a, there's a couple of, there's definitely three songs straight out of the gate I would bin and never listen to again. Yep, okay. Uh, right. I'm just going to pull up the old, the old track list here. So... Um, the song obsession. Everyone's first collar piece tattoo. You know, <laughs> obsessions, desire, whatever Depression. the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. Depression, okay, obsession. Right. Yeah, get rid of that. It's a terrible intro. It's just I, I, I don't know what it is. It should have started with "I Let Go" because "I Let Go" is just such an accessible, fun song to hear. It's kind of what we were saying about accidents and. Alexis on fire yeah, yeah, yeah. that I let go is almost a representation of everything you're going to get next. Yeah. Like it totally sets up the album and I let go is very much embodies what I love about the album of how it's kind of high energy, high tempo, lots of chuggy riffs, lots of like, I fucking love the palm mutant on this. Like I'm a basic bitch when it comes to stuff like this. Like I love the palm mutant. There's fucking guitar slides. There's pick slides. There's just, I don't know, it's just fun and um, and I find it quite energetic. Yeah. And you've got a lot of that on the rest of the album, but then you've kind of got some other points where, you know, track six, I should tell you. Yeah, you know. so that's where, so I let go, crushed, this time was okay. Tower of Snakes, top fucking banger, top tier, 10 out of 10 song, don't... Uh, fight me. <laughs> if, yeah, if, 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 you want, if you want a template... Of, of how to do a beatdown, just play a, just play someone Tower of Snakes. I know only like you can get a bit more gently, you can get a bit more rhythmical, you can get a bit whatever. Just just fucking play Tower of Snakes, and I'll punch the ground. Like it's it's just that good. Punch yourself in the eye. It'll be that good. I won't even punch myself in the eye. I'll just I'll just clothesline myself. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but like, then just... it's it, from that album. It then takes the sharpest, hardest. Right turn into the fucking ditch with I Should Tell You. Yes. Burn that song so, to the ground. It doesn't belong on this album. It should be fucking deleted. Obsession, well, at least Obsession, is kind of like, it's sort of that 
call to arms, uh, really simple song to get you pumped up. Whereas I should tell you, it's just a really rubbish ballad. Look, they took a massive swing on this album. They, they, they did a, a big shift. My friend who that I mentioned earlier, Reamer, who was like, you know, you should listen to this man. They're great. He hated this album. He was like, what the what the fuck is this? This is this is not like the sort of hardcore eighteen visions that that he knew from previous albums. And I should tell you, embodies that entirely. I think there's. It's funny. I don't like the song. I think the chorus is is meandering and slow and crap and and you know they were trying something a bit more melodic they were trying to do a bit of a ballad it's almost hymn like in its love core do you know what i mean like it's, know, it's just, almost like yeah. that band hymn yeah 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 okay i get it, you know i get it, you know yeah there's st- but there's still i think that there's that the metal band are still there because mm-hmm. there's that there's that sort of bridge that they have where it's just a like that's that 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 moment still stands out to me as like a good moment and not a good song. Okay, I won't take that away from you. Waiting for the heavens, waiting for the heavens is a again another top tier song. I find that one really enjoyable to listen. In this, I'd probably put that as my joint second place with I Let Go. So I've got Tara Snakes as my number one. I let go waiting for the heavens, which interestingly was the three tracks that got some kind of like video released. I, I don't... They were the singles from I let go, Tower of Snakes, and and waiting for the heavens was. They were all released from this album with videos. Uh, waiting for the heavens first, August tenth, two thousand four. Tower of Snakes not far behind, August September twenty first, and then I let go in April twelfth, yeah, two thousand five. Uh... But then you've. Lost in a Dream. This is where the album, after Waiting for the Heavens, the album sort of turns into a bit meandering. And it's only a 35-minute album. Yeah, really, really not not a lot here to get your teeth into. But Lost in a Dream is a, is a ballad I would maybe, I do accept from this band, that I think is a better concept of a ballad. Like, it's a bit... It is a bit slower, it is a, a lot more singy, it is a bit more on that side. You know, it's on a knife edge. You could have, you know, on one side you've got terrorist snakes, on the other side you've got I Should Tell You, and that song's just like teetering. And I, and I, yeah, it's it's much more palatable than I Should Tell You, so I'll, I'll allow, you know, it's more allowable. Um, Bleed By Yourself, a pretty standard rock song. I could see Bleed By Yourself being... If they released a fourth single, that might have been it. Sure. Um, Long way home. Again, another ballady one. It's in the in the right side of of if we again if we're talking on that that fence of Tower of Snakes, I should tell you it's 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 on the right side of it. It's not too far gone. Uh, said and done. Just a waste of time. Like an actual. You've got you've got a thirty five minute album, and the last four minutes of it is literally just outro yeah yeah no i wouldn't call it a song i think it's pretty i think it's pretty harsh calling it a song almost if lost in a dream is teetering on the knife edge between tower of snakes and i should tell you said and done fell through i should tell you and hit the deck and went splat (laughs) yeah so there's there's those two i should tell you said and done take them away there's there's you just gained 
almost eight minutes back from the 35 minute album that you have and but you, then yeah whatever's left you know your 28 minutes is completely palatable and that's leaving obsession on as well by the way which i don't think is a terrible song it's just a bit bleh. i think this album correct me if i'm wrong you may correct me i think it sounds amazing I think the production on it's really hold up well. I was quite, right, right. I was quite, especially. You know what? Especially if you go back to Vanity. Vanity sounds yeah. fucking dreadful. Like, sorry guys, if you are listening, you're not. But sorry, <laughs> every time. But Vanity's probably got really well written songs, and ably performed. But it's just recorded like crap, and it it sounds like eighteen year old kids caught recording in a, in a basement, which it probably kind of was, or you know, on the cheap. It feels like what they did for Obsession, they threw the money at it, and they they got a really solid album out of this. Like I I must say, you know, there we go, nine tracks of really well recorded, well balanced, well produced music. Well recorded, well balanced, well produced music. And I think I think this is maybe what they were going for because I think they were this was their push to hit the mainstream. This was their push to to be more like commercially viable and stuff like that. They they I, I don't think any one of these songs they're they're quite standard. I don't think there's anything particularly out there. They're not pushing any musical boundaries on a lot of these songs, but they're all very good. So I suppose what I'm trying to say here is they did the basics well. And that's that. That's what sort of obsessions was. I think just so happens for a lot of their existing fan base, it was a big shift away from from what they knew. So maybe they made a lot of new fans, those emo kids that were like, "Oh yeah, no, this is fucking great." But like the the hardcore fans, I think they lost quite a few guys from that. Referring back to that gig we saw them at, I think Reamer again was screaming for this. I'm sure I've told this story before. Was screaming for a song to be played off of Vanity. But they had changed drummers. Yeah. And and the drummer didn't know that song from Vanity. So James Hart just threw the guy under the bus and says, he doesn't know it. We can't play it. We've just got the set list. <laughs> Which is a bit, a bit, that sucks a little bit. That's a shame. Especially, I mean, if, if people, I think you have to admit as a band, you know, second support to 36 Crazy Fists, how many people went to that gig to see 18 Visions? Sure. For me, it was almost like the perfect bill for 2004. Totally. But it might not have been that for other people. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually pleasantly surprised at how enjoyable I found this album. It's fun, right? It's a fun album, and it, if anyone is sort of interested teetering maybe going well, i've not heard this album before i would give it a try and and let it in and see what what how it goes pick some songs just flick through the songs there's no i i think the order of the album is lacking yeah it kind of i'm picking i think i'm picking faults for the sake of picking faults here but Potentially, I think because we're we're removing the two very slow songs, you know, track six and track eleven. If you take them out of the equation, you could almost have this in almost any order. I think "I Let Go" is a great start. Mm-hmm. You could almost maybe have 
bleed yourself as an opener? I would end on obsession. Yeah, yeah, good call actually. Just have that as like a big fade out, just big call to arms, but like fade out as a reprise. I have just clicked on the obsession Wikipedia page. All right, talk to me. There was a UK pressing which had two extra tracks. But it's not on Spotify. It's not on Spotify. And it turns out, and it's quoted here earlier, is that the UK pressing, there's a, it's written on the album as Guilty Pleasures, but it's actually the song The Sun Falls Down. It was a complete fuck-up. So, yeah. And that's tr- <laughs> that would have been Truskill's fault. <laughs> Absolutely. you, you got to wonder how they sort of felt about that. And... To, to put so much into this I mean I'm looking at the album now I've, I've loaded that page it's a big heart you know the album cover itself is a big heart on top of some you know it almost looks like a screen print of some roses it's roses like, yeah they're uh, they're any... appealing I'm wondering if I had an 18 Visions t-shirt I seem to remember having these roses I must I think I bought an 18 Visions t-shirt that night why wouldn't you I'm going to have to look through some old pictures because I'm sure I had definitely a black t-shirt with a rose through it, 18 visions across the really simple, super simple t-shirt for the time. Maybe in a medium because that was the style (laughs) of the time. (laughs) Maybe in a medium. Who are you kidding? It was a small. (laughs) Youth small, mate. Youth smalls. You, you You had a little belly top, didn't you? I may as well have been. Yeah, this is yeah, these this was so this was produced. I want to know who produced it. Andrew Murdoch. Three people produced this. Or three people are credited as producing this on EOD Wiki. And the one with the link the clickable link. Andrew Murdoch. Godsmack. Yep. That's his that is that's his big one. So that's all you need to know. He's done Godsmack. Godsmack's self-titled and Awake albums. He's done some stuff for Ben Sevenfold, so obviously within that Orange County remit. The only other sort of names I recognise, Powerman 5000. Fuck, did some work for Alice Cooper apparently. And? 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 Yeah. Link, Linkin Park's Hybrid Theory EP. Hmm. Interested. So he was clearly on the scene at the time in, in LA and he was very much linked with the scene, you know, the heavy music scene at the time, really in there. That's good. The um like I was saying before, I didn't I didn't know Wake Team Visions before this band. I didn't I did sort of go backwards. I think I was maybe given vanity to listen to. Wasn't my vibe at the time. You, you know, I was I was more into my sort of emo core or, or what have you, my and metalcore, etc. So to go back into that sort of like sort of grimy hardcore, I wasn't really feeling it at all. Uh, but like I say, that that eighteen album, that was pretty good. To say that it sort of just kind of came back out of nowhere, like no offense to the band, but who was asking for eighteen visions to come back, you know? And they did came back as a three piece, and put out a bit of a banger in twenty seventeen, as far as I'm concerned. I I this was my obsession was my one and only sort of contact with 18 visions i i don't recognize the song title victim Uh, but again i've not listened to anything else 
and I there think, is a yeah. song. Sorry, there, there's a song on eighteen. Ever the the opener, ever darkest days. So when I was sort of in preparation for this, I went onto their their this is radio for eighteen visions, and oh boy, that is you got to be ready for some for some different sounds there. You know, you could go from the ballads of obsessions into some of their earlier stuff and you're like is this even the same band but i almost, I almost hate to say it our darkest days for is the first song from 18 the, the album to follow obsession pretty pretty pretty, pretty good pretty good you like it do you? like it okay. ah on the the most basic sentimentality like it's just it's. I think it's maybe overproduced, and they're 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 trying too hard on it. It's got a bit of a uh, a gang vocal, a bit of a group chant to it, and stuff like that. But I don't know. I thought it was. It just it just hit me out of nowhere. I wasn't waiting for it. I didn't go to it particularly, but it was um, it was cool. I liked it. Yeah, I think it it, it just it's just a shit. I, I feel kind of sad when it, when there's a band like this that I just disconnected from. I I got my fill in in one album and never really went back and gave them a second chance. Yeah, there's given how connected they were to the bands that I did listen to and continued to listen to perhaps a little bit longer. Uh I feel like I may have I may have not given them the given them the chance that they maybe deserved. Yeah, I th- I think the I just, I just think the sort of you know, the 90 degree turn they took out of vanity and into obsession maybe cost them a lot we, we spoke a little bit during rise against about you know the concept of, of selling out did did they go too hard did they reach too hard for the the media attention or or the 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 more acceptable sounds and stuff like that hard hard to say obsession was their most successfully commercial uh, commercially successful album to date the 18 that they released on it released on epic records apparently they didn't officially release the sales on it but might have only done about half as well as Obsession so they were almost I think dropped instantly from reading up on them as well they were kind of done by that point as well I think they were sort of burned out Uh, not necessarily with music I know James Hart went into another band and and stayed stayed performing for for quite a few years but they um they were very prevalent on MySpace. Yes, they they were they we were they were the the default MySpace band for 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 many things. And I have hunted it. I really wish I could find this to to verify it. The story that I remember was one of their MySpace blogs. Yeah, we spoke about this before, and I can't remember the episode we spoke about it on. Yeah. I wanted it. I wanted it word for word so that I could just you know relive it. So I've been I'd been hunting through the wayback machine and and sadly could not could not find it. But it was it it must have been when they were supporting Lost Profits in two thousand and I want to say five. They came to Glasgow. Yep, and you know. This was a time before smartphones. This was a time before Wi-Fi in your hotel room. So the only way you could get internet was to go to an internet cafe. And apparently the story goes, the band went into 
an internet cafe in Glasgow. I don't know which one. This is why it's so much hearsay. I wanted, I, this is it. I wanted facts and I, and I really can't fucking find any. But they um, they went into the internet cafe due to the way of they, they dressed and looked. The pr- proprietor of, of said cafe asked them to leave. Yep. As is his right as a business owner. Get out of here, you sweaty fucks. Yeah, you look, you're a bunch of goths. Get out. I don't want you in here. You're scaring the locals. If you ever looked like 18 Visions and grew up in Scotland, you were called a sweaty at some point in your life. So they went on to their MySpace. I'm sure, again, I'm absolutely sure it was their MySpace blog to make a point about this, have a, a, yep. air some grievance. and Maybe almost... I mean, I suppose these days it sounds like they were being a bit of a Karen. Potentially, I mean, I'm, I'm not. I don't. Again, I don't want to take a side in this. I was not present at said cafe. Yeah. Whether they were well behaved or not, I do not know. But the interesting, or the funny bit of it, was the blog post was when they then, whoever wrote the blog, compared it to Rosa Parks being kicked off a bus. No. Oh. Wait, the ba- wait, the band compared it to Rosa Parks or a commenter compared to Rosa I don't Parks? know. Again, this is this is where it's right. there's so much this is this is a, a faded memory of someone telling me this story. So I'm here I'm I can't even I'm sure I read it. I, I have a memory of going on their MySpace page and reading this blog post and being like, What the fuck are you guys on? And that that was you know that had happened, and and it and it made me think like, what do you think you guys are like? I know you think you're rock stars, but you also think you're rock stars being like racially fucking profiled and mistreated. Come on, yeah, you're you're not. You're you, absolutely. Yeah, not. you're not. You're not. This is it exactly. This is it. You're not. So I really wish I could find it because I did want to just have it in stone whether this did or didn't happen so i hope i've made it absolutely clear throughout this entire tell- retelling of the story that it could be absolute bullshit <laughs> may not even be 18 visions may not even may- fucking hell that would be the the next thing is that someone replies with like that was avenged sevenfold in 2005 <laughs> <laughs> oh the yeah the the internet cafe was actually uh, on sucky hall street it was and- actually in aberdeen it wasn't in glasgow <laughs> Yeah, it was in Sucky Hall Street in Aberdeen. There's not one. No, I've just seen uh, they actually released an album in 2021. They released an album this year. Did they really? 1996. And it's a cover album. Of what? Don't know. Don't recognise many of the songs. Let's have it. Them Bones, Sad But True. They've done a cover of Sad But True. Them Bones is an Alice in Chains song. Sad But True is Metallica. Is Metallica. Down. They've done a a song called Down. uh, Could be Alice in Chains again. Down. No, Down. Could it be down? It could be down by down. Yeah. It's called 1996, so maybe it's songs from that. Although oh, Sad But True was not 1996. No, neither was. <laughs> anyway, I'll give it a, I'll give that a bit of a blast. Like, I, I like, I remember liking this band. You know, they were sort of the epitome of where I was at that time and this album, etc. And I've just got, I've just got time for these guys. Uh, oh, DTO is by Vision of Disorder. Right, okay. You know, okay. so I'd just be... I would give these... Like, I'm not a blind, loyal fan. I don't enjoy everything they do. Obviously, we've slated some of the songs. But I would definitely just... You know, these guys really suffering. I'll give them the time of day. I am going to listen to 
that cover album because that is a lot of music and not bands that I listen to fairly fairly regular actually so Earth Crisis, Stone Temple Pilots that's who did down um, Sad But True, Scentless Apprentice by Nirvana uh, mm-hmm. and then Bones, Alice in Chains superb, that's that's a good that's a, an interesting choice of songs but I'm going to have to give that a I'm going to have to give that some time bit of a spin shall we say indeed Oh no, that that page you've just shared has got some uh, some every time I die links. Oh no, don't. This is this is don't. I know. I'm. I'm. We've been talking about this the last couple of days. I'm deeply, deeply concerned. Yeah. About every time I die right now. Yeah, definitely concerned. Um, really hope they work through whatever it is they need to work through. Even if it means taking like the next year or two out, just just to regroup as that band, yeah, do it. We'll still be here on the other end, but fuck me, man! Some deeply concerning things coming out of the the socials. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, eighteen visions. Yes, uh, a band I will be listening to again later this week because I have been told there is a cover album with covers on that I enjoy. And I didn't hate this album as much as I thought I would. Uh, I it was a pleasant, pleasantly surprised at how good it sounds for being what eighteen years old. Totally, and that that's another thing to say that this is. How old is this album? It was two thousand four, so it's sixteen. Uh, 16, 17 years old. July gone. So good, good gracious, that is intense. Yeah, like to say that there's I, I think on the on on the episode that no one heard, I think I said something like there's only like two to three good songs in this. Obviously, I'm referring to I Let Go, Tower of Snakes, and Wait for the Heavens. But no, I'm coming back to it. I was I was way more impressed or you know pleased with what I heard, other than some of the stuff we've already talked about. So I think this album still stands. It's a get, like I've already said, it's, it's a turn from, from what they were doing at the time and, and I think some people don't forgive them for that, but fuck it. I think this is, it's a bit of a an obsession of mine. Oh, did you hear that? <laughs> oh, I heard that. I heard that. That was clever. It's a bit of an obsession of mine to, to, to dig this album and, and I'd, I have always came back to like Tower of Snakes and I Let Go. Like they, They're maybe the, sort of, they're my top two. Yeah. Waiting for the Heavens is is a is an absolute fucking gem, but it's it, it sort of panders a little bit for me compared to something like I Let Go, which is just all out fun and, and Terror Snakes, which like we've said is fucking a perfect example. It, like it's it's textbook beatdown. It's, it's great. It's it's wonderful. I've just oh no, there's so there is another version that is on Spotify. I've just realised the one more release button at the bottom. Uh, I don't know what it changes. It changes the cover. If you want, if if anyone wishes to change the cover from the 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 heart to a, a, a another variation which is all red, then you can go to the bottom of Spotify and change. There's a one more release button. I was really really hoping it would switch to the UK version so I could have a that a listen. may have been. That may have been... They did a DVD with uh, Obsession. Yeah. 
but I, I'm looking at that uh, that track list for 1996, and uh, that is going to be getting played once we've uh, finished recording this episode. I think, Keith. Nice. Anything else that you wish to bring to the table? Just rose-tinted glasses. Just reminded me of a good time. You know, this kicking about in in my early days of bands and and just just enjoying this this for for what it was. You know, not let's let's not make let's not make too much of it of it. Let's not make too much out of it. It was uh, it was fun. It was fun to go back to. It. I will all. I think. I, I think for a lot of these songs, I'll, I'll sort of pick a lot of them up and just be like, yeah, no, that's that, that can go on this playlist or, or whatever. But yeah, good, uh, an enjoyable revisit to, to say the least for for eighteen visions. And I'm glad you've enjoyed it also. Absolutely, because I was a bit concerned, a bit concerned that you weren't going to go for this. I was concerned too. I had not listened to this album in some time. Like I said, let go. Uh, I let go was probably the only song that I could really remember from it. Um, so to to get back into it was like a really nice, refreshing change. Yeah, so thank you very much for bringing that one to the um, to the chat. I'm just mate. gonna I'm just gonna check one thing. Okay, what what's that? Well, it, I don't know why you you mentioned I let go, and in my head I started playing the song, and I was just you know did the little did the little pick slide and stuff like that. So I just want to check the fucking hell. Why isn't someone giving me the information I want? I want to check the tuning. Because Tower of Snakes is in B. You sure? But it's pretty sure. The bass tab I fucking picked up said it was B anyway. And I'm pretty sure these guys just played six strings. So my point yeah. being is they were fucking just heavy as... F- like, we're talking earlier... We're about to wrap this up, but I'm bringing it back. We were talking earlier about how um, how good this album still sounds. Like, it's heavy as fuck. Like, in places, in a lot of places, this album, like the Tower of Snakes beat down, mm-hmm. like, it is heavy. Well, they down-tuned it to fuck and played it well. Played yeah, it like drop. they meant it. Apparently, this tab I'm looking at, I let go drop B. Here's another one. It would make sense to me, I suppose. If you Again, know, th- drop B. That that'll uh, that'll explain the uh, the chugginess of it, shall I say? Yeah. Good old album. Good old, good old drop B. You can't make anything sound bad in drop B, in my opinion. Well, <laughs> touche. <laughs> you you kind of you kind of can't fuck it up, but yeah. Again, on the, the space tab is is in fact this is the same tab. Yeah, again it's it's in B. So like it was just 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 the one thing I like to go through in my head there as to like you know these guys punched out an album in two thousand four that was basically in in drop B and it's a fucking light hearted emo album at at its core. Like Feeling for a friend weren't playing in B. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair enough. Like fair enough. Uh, so, fucking yeah, man! If you don't like Obsession by Eighteen Visions, I get it. It's fine. I understand. You know, it's it's not everyone's cup of tea, but I think it's fucking great. I had a great time. I had a great time. Uh, so love. Yeah, that's is that is that. Is no, that, I think there's not. I think we've 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 said as much as we can on the on the matter. Great. 
So hopefully this audio won't fuck up on us and we'll be able to put out this episode. Praying for it. If that happens, what's happening next week? Next week, we have a guest on. We do have a guest. And we're going to go back in time a little bit. We are. We're going back to... Even before, is it, is this is this technically the oldest album we've covered? It is, isn't it? Because it's nineteen ninety eight. Yep. Strap. Oh well, we did. Well, we did. Rage Against the Machine. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. We did Rage Against the Machine. So anyway, but uh, folks, strap on your fucking get in your DeLoreans. We're going back in time. We're gonna talk about a really important album. I think. Sorry, that was sixth. That was sixth. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to talk about Korn. Fucking follow the leader, son. Of all the the albums, we're going to do follow the leader. So I have not listened to that album in fucking ages, mate. Ages. I can't remember the last time I listened to this album at all. (sighs) Same, same. I mean, I loved Korn at the time. I didn't stay with them. You know, after Untouchables, fucking... Untouchables, Unto- yeah, that was absolutely, the last absolutely Untouchables. Didn't give a fuck about them after Untouchables, and that was two thousand two. So you know, nearly twenty years ago, and they're still doing stuff apparently. So yeah, um, nah, follow, follow leader. Obviously, our, our guest suggestion. So we'll um, we'll see what comes out of that. Yeah, I'm excited for it. I'm excited. I think I'm. I think I'm going to do a bit of a listen. Around, you know, the life is peachy and issues and stuff like that. Like I'm really fucking. I, I, I want to get into this one. I'm gonna to listen to the whole fucking yeah. discography, right from self-titled on to to. I might. I may as well go on to Untouchables, and just I'm gonna get my Janko jeans out. I'm gonna fucking. I'm gonna get the chains on. I'm gonna dig out the old issues hoodie. I'm going to live the life for the next week so we can totally. talk about Follow the Leader in, so we can talk about it properly. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I still, Corn's not a special place in my heart, somewhat like 18 Visions, so uh, let's, uh, let's fucking do this. Yeah, so Keith, you want to take us home? Sure, why not? Thanks everyone for listening. This has been Alive or Just Blathering. If you want to get in touch with us, if you want to shout out, if you want to share your love of, of 18 Visions Obsession as well, or indeed pan it to bits, go for it at AOGB Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, maybe YouTubes. Look out for a Reddit post. We're dropping Reddit posts and it's great the interaction we're getting back off of some of the Reddit posts. So thank you, Rise R Rise Against. You guys were you guys were cool as fuck. Thank you, yes. Uh, very much so. So I think that's everything from us. Laugh, anything from you? No, we're all good. Thank you very much, everyone. Have a good night. Good night. <laughs>